Hey guys, welcome back to the weekend edition of Not Just Another Sports Podcast. Hope you guys like it. Who, through seven weeks, it's kind of weird because there's not a true midpoint in the NFL season this year. Who, through seven weeks, is your MVP of the league and why? I think it has to be Kyler Murray. And biggest turnaround, nobody saw the Cardinals. We talked about the uh, NFC West preview and who was going to win it. And both of us were like, God, Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not sold on Kyler Murray. Yeah, they got D-Hop. But as it turns out, incredible combination. I mean, Kyler Murray is balling out against everybody he's played against. They're 7-0. and They have the best record. I believe they're the only undefeated team actually right now. So they've right. got that going for them as well. And people can point to talent and say, well, you know, they got basically J.J. Watt and – DeAndre Hopkins for nothing for pennies on the dollar, but part of being the MVP is having great talent around you. Nope. I mean, there were some people, but nobody was really talking about the plethora of talent that Patrick Mahomes had when he won MVP. Like, I mean, even going, going down the list of the wide receivers, man, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Tyree kill. I mean, just incredible talent around him. And I think you have to give it to the guy with the, the best record and who's playing the best. So Kyler Murray is for me. I, I actually, that might be one of your best takes that you've had on this podcast. Cause I actually completely oh. agree with you. <laughs> and this, this is my favorite Kyler Murray MVP stat. Like he's my, my number one, too. I'm going to throw one more guy out there that I think should win it or has a really good chance to win it. But this is my favorite Kyler Murray MVP stat real quick. Give me the over under. You're probably going to already catch on to where this is going just because of the buildup, but mm-hmm. give me the over under on Kyler Murray's rushing yards this season. How many rushing yards does he have this year? Oh, like total or yeah. per game? Yeah. Yeah. So he's played seven games. He hasn't had a bye yet. So, and let me give you his rushing totals for the last two years too 544, 819. So he's got over, you know, that's well over a thousand yards in his first two seasons as a rusher. How many rushing yards do you think he has this year in seven games? In seven games, I bet he has 400. He has – hold on, let me look. I had it, and I scrolled. <laughs> he wow, has dude. 826 rushing yards this year. 800? No, 126. Oh, 100. Oh, I thought you said 800. Oh, 126. Geez. He is not – he is doing all this, and he's not doing one of the things that he was the most lethal. Mahomes has more rushing yards than him this year. Kyler Murray is not even doing one of his most lethal weapons yet. And that's rushing. He's doing this all as a passer. I mean, yeah, that I love that because we, and here's the thing. The Cardinals are one of those teams because they play on the West coast, because a lot of times they're not in prime time. uh, They're not a team that we watch a lot of their games. I'll, I'll fess up to that, but he's doing this all as a passer. Now the numbers aren't throttling. You know, 2,002 yards, yard 9.0 yards per attempt, 17 touchdowns to five interceptions. But the completion percentage is really good. He's passing the, he's distributing the ball really, really well. And like I said, as far as him as an MVP pick, you love it because you know that either the rushing is going to come or he's just going to continue to succeed in the passing game because teams are so afraid of his rushing. He's about the only other player in the league besides Lamar Jackson, who you know is a, a game-breaking rusher as a quarterback so there's still upside for him as a MVP candidate I I completely agree he's he's playing extremely well right now 
Well, and Lamar Jackson should absolutely get an honorable mention here. Like, playing how he's been playing. I saw him throw a football yesterday, and it didn't look bad. Like, yeah. It's, I, it's I, crazy. I, I, Lamar Jackson's definitely playing better. I think since that indie game, he's had some duds a little bit, which is fine. To me, the thing that's surprising is the last two games, the rushing totals. 51 yards against the Chargers, and that was in a game that they trounced the Chargers. And they, they didn't need Lamar in that game. They just ran the run. The running backs just ran all over them. And then 88 yards against the defeat against the, uh, from the Bengals. But, you know, one touchdown, two interceptions against the Chargers, and just a touchdown and 257 yards against uh, Cincinnati. So not, not fantastic. But, yes, what Lamar's doing, he's lost a lot of really good players on that team. Now, I think he's also playing with the best offensive skill set players that he's had in his time there especially now that he's got Bateman, Watkins will come back, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown still having a really good season. Um, but the guy I'm going to pick is going to make me um, – I'm, I'm literally vomiting in my mouth right now. But oh, it's TB12. It's got to be – dude, I mean, he's PFF's highest-graded passer. He is going to crush as far as the yards. He's definitely going to take the yards title as far as most passing yards. They're oh, yeah. throwing the ball like crazy. He is down several players right now that that team's going to get better. And I mean, and also as far as like an MVP candidate, if, you know, if it's close, it's going to be a lifetime achievement award for him too. He's got 21 touchdowns, three interceptions, 7.5 yards per 10, 67% yard completion, 2,275 yards. Uh, He is, I mean, look guys, I, I hate talking about Tom Brady as much as the next guy, but Sometimes you just have to stop and be like, dude, this guy is so good. And you watch him play too. It looks effortless. Like I watched Patrick Mahomes play quarterback the last couple of weeks. And it looks like the hardest thing ever. I watched Tom Brady do it. And I'm like, dude, I could do that. Like he just drops back in the pockets, a couple of bounce steps, fire the ball to a wide open guy and get it in there. And he's still threading the ball. It still has good velocity on it. I, it's disgusting. It's gross, but it's exactly what I feared whenever he signed with Tampa Bay. <laughs> well, and it's, dude, I don't know. It It's just so hard to see. I mean, like I said, I, I hate Tom Brady as well. If, if you didn't catch on to that earlier with my sigh of pain when you brought up his name, but dude, he is playing like the best quarterback in the league right now. And he's like 45. I, I don't know exactly how old he's, he's old. He's very, very old. And he doesn't have the same skill set as Mahomes. Obviously Mahomes can do some things that he can't do, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying he's better than Mahomes, but he's playing like he is. Yeah. I mean, right now it's really, really hard to talk about how good someone is or isn't as far as in the context of the season. But I mean, there's enough body of work to say that, you know, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback that's ever played. And yeah, he's having another really great year. I yes, a lot of that is due to the weapons. You know, newsflash, players are subject to their surroundings. He's got a good coach. He's got like eight good offensive weapons and a great offensive line. All that helps, you know, like, you know, yep. that's, there's no ground being broken there. But well, and there, yeah. there's something to be said about him taking less money so they can keep those guys. Like Patrick Mahomes can do the same thing. And he did to an extent, just yeah, not as much I, as I'm going to I'm going to hold that a little bit. The Bucks were the Bucks were a prime made team for that. They first off, they had several players like truly 
Levante David is about the only player besides Nadamika Sue, who they kind of got on a cheap deal that they, and Jason Pierre, Paul, those guys were close to the end of their long-term deals. They had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin under rookie deals. They had a fantastic draft where they just happened to get an excellent right tackle because they were drafting high, which that team has done year after year. Their picks in the secondary worked well. They got the greatest quarterback to ever live. Happened to just pick up Leonard Fournette off the scrap heap. I mean, you know, V2V was taken with a high pick. There's a lot of guys who are very key contributors on that team who are on rookie deals. I, I'm not going to, you know, Tom Brady ain't working for free. He left. I, look, we can look it up. Not really. 25 million. 25 yeah. million is how much he's making. Yeah. And I, and here's the thing. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that that's chump change or anything. I also don't think that it's the most he could, you know, he could have went well, to the highest. He could have went to the highest. 40. Yeah. He could have so, went to the highest bidder, but also Tom Brady. You got to remember too, when the Bucks signed Tom Brady, he wasn't the version of Tom Brady we know right now. A lot of people were ringing his, you know, his bells as far as the end is near. I mean, he looked bad in his last year. The last t- thing we saw from him as a Patriot was getting beaten by the Titans and throwing a pick six. Dude, so, Tom Brady could have came in and asked for however much money he wanted. They would have given it to him for sure. He could have. Sure. And, and I'm not, my point isn't that he didn't, I guess my point isn't that he didn't go to the highest bidder. My point is more of that, like, he's not making chump change. Like, he's still making pretty good cash. Is he oh, making no, the he most of quarterbacks? Mint, and and could he have went to the highest bidder? Yeah, but also Tom Brady's not suiting up for the Jets or, you know, whatever, who whatever would have shelled out the most, most money. He was always going to go to a team like this. He went to a team that was pretty much the perfect scenario, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, enough talking about he who shall not be named. He's like Voldemort. Uh, let's do... Two more topics real quick. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this just because I have a legit a religious exemption to speaking about the NBA before Christmas, but real quick, we got to get on tape. So that way we can come back to it whenever I'm right. NBA champions who over who in the NBA, when we're talking about it in July, when the weather's much nicer. I think it's gotta be bucks over Lakers. And that's not just because those are two of my favorite teams. Giannis is still Giannis and I mean, I think the Lakers are going to work out. I think Russ will be a good addition. I don't think he'll play as much as everybody's saying he will, but they've got a good veteran team. They're going to play low minutes. Hopefully everybody will get a little bit of the pie when it comes to the minutes, but, and they'll be fresh for the postseason. I, but I, I still think Giannis is just too good. He's just, he's even upped his free throw percentage, which is one of his biggest knocks was, you know, you can hack a shack him and, and send him to the line. He's going to be great this year. The, the one thing, another one of the things he had against him, he doesn't show up in the postseason. You saw that NBA, NBA finals, like stretch where he was averaging 34, 10 and five a game. Like he's a monster. He's going to take over the league. I don't see anybody contesting, contesting the championship. So, yeah, I, I think those are both really good teams. Um, I, I'm just not sure, you know, I've been a pretty avid LeBron defender, um, I don't, it's my defensive LeBron James isn't as much like a Michael Jordan LeBron thing. It's just that I think LeBron gets a lot of really weird political slander. It's weird. I I don't want to go down that road, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know if I can go down with the Lakers this year with some of the moves that they made, the way that the roster is shaping up. I, it's a very oddly constructed team that I feel like has to work a really special way. And it really just kind of feels forced. Um, the West is still super contentious. You know, the Suns are still good. 
the, uh, the, the Warriors finally have their pieces back. The, you know, the Nuggets still have really good pieces there. You still got the Clippers. Kawhi will come back maybe for the playoffs. It's really tough in the West. For that reason, I'm going to go a little bit off the grid, and I'm picking the Warriors. I think that Steph Curry was having a fantastic year at the end of the season last year. Getting Klay Thompson back for that team is huge. We know what Draymond is. Andrew Wiggins is there. And I still think that the Warriors have the capital to go and make an in-season move that can put them over the top. I'm not going to say Ben Simmons, although I could see that especially because I think Philly is going to have to just sell him for whatever they can get at this point with how broken that is. So, you know, they're a team that is really good. We know that they still do something super well, and then they still have potential upside there with the players that with the capital and stuff that they have from being bad. And then in the East, I I really do want to go bucks, but I, I'm just not sure I can quite go there because I'm not sure that they are going to get the contributions from their role players that they got last year. They have really good players and maybe they'll just run back to the championship. But I actually think that the Kyrie Irving mess for the Nets actually helps them a little bit. I think that keeps him off the court. So he's not getting injured. I think it allows KD and Harden to get their chemistry together. I think that if they can keep those three guys that they will keep those three guys and enough timeshare and enough workload balance with Blake Griffin and some of the other pieces that they have there. I think that it's, we're looking at Warriors, Nets, World Championship, and I'm going to take the Nets. And a KD revenge over the Warriors. That would be great for NBA storylines, but I don't know, man. That Kyrie take is – I don't want to say it's cold because we'll see, and I've been wrong before, but – Oh, I, I, I think with I think with him, one of the two, I mean, he's just going to lose too much money. And I know that people want to believe that he's just going to hold out on this forever and people are holding rallies. But one of the two things is going to either happen. New York's going to change their rules or make some sort of exemption for him or he's just going to go get vaccinated and, and be done with it. I mean, there's just too much money at stake for too many people for this nonsense to keep going on. He's made his point. You know, he'll get it and then pretend to be oppressed that he had to get it. And, you know, we'll move on. I, but I do think that, you know, keeping him fresh and stuff. I mean, that the thing about that team is that when they have all three players, I mean, they have so many ways to beat you. They have the most talent on the floor at any one time. And even when there's two of them, they're still insanely talented. I mean, we talked about it. The thing that separated the Nets from going to the championship this year was a big toe. Now, I understand that's how championships are won or lost in the details, but still, I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, it, it's hard to not want to, part of it's me wanting to be different, but I don't see any other team in the East besides the Nets and the Bucks. I just, I know that the Sixers have still got some pieces. You know, if you're really squinting hard, maybe the, Nick, uh, the Knicks can get in there, but it's hard to go anywhere else than those two teams. Yeah. Well, and. Dude, I really like your Warriors take, and you might have swayed me a little bit because Ben Simmons on the Warriors, man, added defense. I mean, he's a guy that can come in. Steph can play off the ball. Imagine him at the one, Steph at the two, Clay at the three, Draymond at the four, and then their new, I can't remember, uh, their just drafted center, him playing at the five. I mean, like, that's an all-star lineup where you've got plenty of spacing for Ben to do what he does best. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, and everybody's a three-shooter obviously um you know it's just early but they're already three and oh uh and you could see like a 
I don't know how the money works. I'm not really good on the cap or the situation with the finances in the NBA, but I mean, like an Andrew Wiggins, Ben Simmons, and some picks swap for the Sixers. I mean, you could, you could see it. And that would, you know, allow Ben Simmons to do what he does and allow the, the Warriors to do what they do. I, I could see it happening. Steve Kerr's really strong coach. So we'll see. It's our last segment, but I want to ask you some Halloween questions real quick, because this is our Halloween podcast. Christian, I need you to tell me what are your top three or top four Mount Rushmore Halloween candies for you or just so candy, it's, candy it's, in general. Okay. So it's got to be classic Snickers, dude. Satisfy. Snickers satisfies. They're great. Even the little ones are, are so, so good. Easy to eat. I don't think anybody has any any hate for Snickers. Now, the next one is going to be Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Perfect. That's actually my favorite candy of all time. So peanut butter, chocolate ratio. you got the best of both worlds, dude. And third, I'm going to go with the Crunch Bar, which I think is a little underrated because it's almost like a harder version of chocolate. But I mean, it's got like those little Rice Krispies in it. I mean, come on, dude. Like just incredible. And then finally, I got to go with nerds, I think. I think nerds are going to be my my final one. Just, again, as, as far as eating goes, I, I don't think that anybody really hates nerds. They're super easy to eat. They come in the little boxes, super sanitary. And, yeah, there you go, dude. I The angry mob will definitely come for me on my candy takes because I'm not a big sweets guy <laughs> at all. So my, my first is Kit Kats. Like, Kit Kats are far, by far my favorite candy bar. Um my next one, like I'm much more of a fruity candy guy than a sweet candy guy. So I'm going to put Skittles because I love Skittles. I like uh, my third one. Again, Angry Mod. I like Whoppers. Those are really good. I like those. The maltiness really gets it for me. And then my fourth one. Hmm, I don't know. Like, dude, I'm just not a big candy guy. Like a uh, Twix. Twix are good. You got the caramel, the, the cookie inside of it. Twix is up there for me, but just not a huge candy guy. Like, uh, you know, I would much rather eat something salty than sweet. I guess that's kind of my personality as well. It's salty. Have you, have um, you ever been a candy guy? Because I feel like I was not super into candy as a kid and I've no, kind of started to like it even more. Believe it or not, I've believe it or not, I've gotten this fat just by eating not candy. Um, it's, it's really, it's really a unique trait of mine. I'm more of a, you know, a fats and salts type of guy personally. Um, that's why Thanksgiving is my holiday. That That's my prime season for sure. Oh, dude. Okay. Last Halloween question. Are you a big scary movie guy? And if so, what scary movies do you have to recommend? Do you have, do you have one that you really like? Maybe one that's underrated or one that you've seen recently that you recommend? So I actually, do not like scary movies at all because they all seem to be the same to me. I've, I've never been, so this is going to sound really creepy, but in my household, like Stephen King reading the dark, scary books, like I used to do that when I was little, like I'm not little, but I mean like in high school. So the scary stuff, like it, those movies don't really scare me, but there is one that I watched in theaters and it was The Conjuring. I watched it with my best friend who is a competitive weightlifter was almost a college football player and he was sitting in the seat at one point there was a jump scare and he almost ripped the seat out like off the bolts in the movie theater that that's how scary it was so there there is one scary movie i will recommend the conjuring one of my all-time favorites so first off your opinion's wrong um i just want to clarify that your opinion is in fact wrong 
Uh, I am opinion. A, yes, your opinion is wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. I am a scary movie connoisseur. Uh, I love scary movies. My wife and I watch them all the time. Big fans. Um, I do agree with you that a lot of scary movies are the same, and the most of those are the garbage ones, um, like slashers and stuff like that, lowly made ones. Um, yeah. yeah. I have a like series of movies that I feel like are my absolute favorite horror movies. There are many good ones, but these are my favorites. I tend to like the little bit more sophisticated horror films. Um, I personally feel, I'm getting on a tangent now, but I personally feel that horror movies can make you feel horror in a lot of different ways that are not necessarily fear. They can make you feel grief. They can make you feel disgust. They can make you feel uncomfort or discomfort. And those are some horrifying feelings as well. Um, so with, with that being said, these are my favorite horror films. Um, Hereditary by Ari Oster is fantastic. Speaking about how movies can really kind of conjure feelings that are horrifying that aren't necessarily fear, there is so much grief in that movie that it's just it just tears you apart. Midsummer, also an Ari Aster film, really really good, sticks with you. Like you think about that movie a long time afterwards. The next one, The Witch, you must watch that movie with subtitles because they have old English accents and it's very very thick, but excellent. And then my last one is Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. That movie will mess you up after you watch it. And then also you need to go read about it afterwards to understand what the story actually is about because it's an allegory. All four fantastic movies that will stick with you for a long time. And then also my last horror movie recommendation is if you want, I know that for those four movies that have all, are all out on DVD and such now, you can't. But when it comes to a scary movie, if you have the opportunity to see it in theaters, you have to. No movie is ruined more by watching it at home than a horror film. Got to see it in theaters. But uh, those are those are my scary movies takes, man. And I, anytime you want to talk scary movies, I'm all about it. Dude, you making that like a wine tasting? Like, I think you went a little bit overboard, dude. Do you think you might have an obsession? Like, honestly, honestly. Hey, hey you got to be diver- you got to be diverse. And when the Chiefs suck like this, sometimes you just got to watch people get their brain smashed in on television and, not, <laughs> and it not be the Chiefs. Okay. There's, there's a few things I'd like to go into maybe off the podcast, but no, go ahead. Close us out, man. Thanks for listening. And I hope to see you guys again next week.